The Sloppy Sorting Hat is a podcast that includes adult language and content, as well as spoilers from your favorite TV shows, movies, and books. It is also a zero-budget production that may sometimes have weird audio quirks. You have been warned, and this is your last warning. It's the Sloppy Sorting Hat. Welcome to the Sloppy Sorting Hat. This is a podcast where we sort characters from our favorite movies, books, and TV shows. But because we are sloppy, and so is the hat, we'll most likely get it wrong. I'm Danny. I'm Michelle. And I'm Amanda. We have games, we have sorting, we have jokes, we have a ship ship parade. And you know what? A million girls would kill it to podcast with us. <laughs> now, you guys have known me for a long time, so you might believe that no one wants to be like me. But don't be ridiculous, Andrea. Everyone wants this. Everyone wants to be like us. Everyone wants to sort the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we need to get sloppy. Ready, Fred? Ready, George? Bottoms up. So, for this drinking segment, we are doing the Patronus. Um, I am drinking this amazing uh, canned margarita, guys. I didn't feel like going out to get actual tequila, so I got this canned margarita, and it's uh, interesting. I don't even know who it's by. There's a dog on it, though, so that's cool. Um, It's 12%, and it tastes very sweet, so I like it. Um, moving on to the segment, this is uh, where we discuss the patronus of an actor or actress from the Harry Potter series. I decided that we should discuss Harry Melling's patronus. Do you guys know who he is? Don't look it up. Do not shout out to Google. Harry, Harry Melling's? Yeah, Harry Melling. Is that Dudley? Yes, it is Dudley. Nice, Mish. Ten points to Hufflepuff. Ten? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Last time I had 15. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That was great. Okay. Um, So obviously this is Dudley Dursley, who we all know is Harry's ghastly cousin. So I think that his Patronus is a baby Fennec Fox. You can head out to Google this time. (laughs) <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta see a picture of it. Baby Fennec Fox? F E N N E C. Oh. So, these are my reasons. So, I think these foxes are obviously super cute. They seem very shy and are rare. And I think that this relates to Harry Melling because you barely ever even remember him as an actor. He does actually seem really shy, and he had a pretty decent glow up from his Harry Potter days. And he has big ears. Like these. Yeah. Yeah. And then I actually Googled him a little bit. I didn't find a star sign, by the way. We should do that. But um uh I found out he's in Queen's Gambit. He is in Queen's Gambit. That's actually how I recognize the name because I just recently watched Queen's Gambit. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to watching that because I do actually really like him. So I don't like Uh, Dudley, but I like Harry Melly. (laughs) <laughs> I'm really cool with a baby Fennec Fox because I didn't know what it was and now I do and it's the cutest thing I've seen today. And so Did you, do you guys see of... the picture of all of them with their heads stacked on each other? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you gotta put that on Instagram when we post this up. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Harry Melling, you can be a baby Fennec Fox for your Patronus. Yeah, I thought I thought it was cute. He they're cute. Yeah, like I want to come up with something on my own, but like I can't get this out of my head. So, (laughs) oh, I just saw the picture of all the stacked pedic foxes on their heads. Oh my god, it's kind of creepy. Almost, it's like adorable, but also creepy because it looks like one creature with like fucking eight eyes. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then I just love it. on the side of it next by himself. It's, it's twisted. Yeah, that guy's just hanging. He's just chilling by himself. Yeah. Yeah. So cute. Love it. Okay. Wow. So good, man. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Well researched. <laughs> um, Danny, what are you drinking? I'm drinking one of those little um, bottles that you find at the grocery store that is like just one shot. And it's um, Revel Stoke Hot Stuff, you know, because everybody in this movie is hot. <laughs> and um, the devil is hot. Anyway, it's just some Canadian whiskey and cinnamon liquor. And I'm just drinking that straight with the with an ice cube. So good luck for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit hot. It's racy. So anyway. Oh. What are you drinking? I'm drinking the Abbey Double from Flying Fish Brewing Company. It's 72%. Uh, it's a beer. So uh, cheers to me. Cheers to you. Cheers to me. And if we ever disagree, F you. Here's to me. What in the world just happened? No, I think Alicia. Alicia oh. told me that one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, while we get sloppy, let's play Amortentia Rictusempra Jinx. I decided to go with the three Triwizard Champions because I don't think we've done this yet. It's an easy three to pick. So we have Floor Delacour, Crum, Crum, something or other, and Cedric Diggory. Victor Crum. Victor Crum. <laughs> okay, Floor, Crum, and Cedric. Who would like to go first? Okay, I'll try it out. Let's see. Okay, Amortentia is the love potion. Rictusempra is the tickling potion. <laughs> and the jinx. Okay. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. I'm going to. Yeah, these are all spells. Well, yeah. He has a potion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to Rictusempra Cedric because he's Cedric. Okay. And I love him. I'm going to Amortentia Floridelicor. She's super fun um and i just want to give her a love potion i want her to love me because i think she's super pretty and we would just go well together <laughs> um and i'm going to jinx crumb because he cast a spell on harry in the third challenge even though he was i don't know hypnotized or whatever the hell he was period i think yeah yeah the, oh was he in period oh i'm jinx still jinxing him anyways whatever Okay, cool. Mish? I'm going to start off by giving the, or I'm going to start off by uh, Rick Sempering Floor because <laughs> she's a lady on the street, but a freak in the sheets, I think. <laughs> she I knew like you were going to do that. <laughs> okay. I'm so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to jinx Cedric because he's Ever Colin, enough said. And then I guess that leaves Amortentia for Victor. And that makes sense because for me, because I think he's like the strong silent type. And I'd like him to pick me up and just carry me around. Nice. That's really good. Yeah. All right. I would Amortentia floor because she's super sweet to Bill and she just seems like a good life partner in general. Um, I would jinx Cedric because he died and that was super rude to take away one of the few Hufflepuffs we had in the series. And obviously she was rude of him to die. 
How dare he? <laughs> yep, that's what I'm saying. And obviously, I'm going to Rick to Semper Crumb because he's a physical being, according to Hermione, and that's what you want for Rick to Semper. Physical. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, yeah, we all got different choices that time, so we all win. Yay! Yay! All right, guys. Can you spell Gabbana? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> Sorry, okay. It's time to sort. <laughs> when I call your name, you will come forth. I shall place a sorting hat on your head and you will be sorted into your houses. I just love that quote. I didn't know where to fit it in. <laughs> Fair. Okay. So I'm up first and I'm going to sort the twins. These are the twins of Miranda. So I'm definitely going to put them in the Slytherin. I think they're very schemey. And you guys know what part I'm talking about, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> the time that they tell Andy to go up the stairs to give them the book because she clearly can't figure out which freaking table of flowers to put them on the book on. Um, I think that's super schemey. I think that maybe uh, she they knew that Miranda was going to possibly punish her by giving them the unpublished manuscript of Harry Potter because of that. So I think it was this whole big scheme. Therefore, mm. they're in Slytherin. You don't think they were just trying to help? <laughs> no, they were not trying to help. Come they on. Seem, oh, yeah, they seem on. very helpful. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Emily does it all the time. <laughs> Do you, you know what else is true is that twins are always really creepy. <laughs> These two are no exception. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, it's like The Shining. Yeah. It's exactly like The Shining. All twins are exactly like The Shining. <laughs> People, when we were younger, people used to say you guys looked like twins and you guys are creepy too. Mm, you know, that's true. It's a fair point. Yeah. Danny used to tell people we were twins. Amanda still for, does. For attention. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> All right. I'm up next with uh, Christian Thompson. And. I don't know about you guys, but when I rewatched, uh, I kind of got this real rapey vibe from Christian Thompson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, they're in Paris, and Andy's like, I've had a lot to drink, and I just I just ended a relationship, and kind of making these excuses. And I know it's supposed to come off as, like, a joke, like, ha-ha, oh, I'm just, I'm just saying no, but I really mean yes, which is pretty problematic. Um, even if it's a joke, a real gentleman would have taken a step back and said, okay, but seriously though, is this something you want or not? I, I want to make sure that, you know, I have your consent in this matter, which might not be the most romantic thing, but is what a gentleman would do. And this guy ain't a gentleman. And I guess we know that because he's doing underhanded dealings and other shit. I, mean, I don't really care if he was going to fuck Miranda over. Like they don't have a relationship. Like who cares? I don't care about any of that's business, whatever. But like, you know, just like try to be like a good guy on the surface as well as deep down. Like, I don't think he's either. So what I think is that um, he's expelled, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but then we let him back in because he gets the Harry Potter manuscript. And, uh, you know, so he, we, he can um, help Filch out with the groundskeeping activities. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I agree with that part. Um, 
Adam was like, uh, she said no like three times. Yeah, Why she says like, no several times. And he never at any point is like, but seriously though, is it yes or no? Like I want, you know, like, and it's just, uh, it's dumb. It's very dumb. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Yeah. I think he was just kind of a dick all, overall. Yeah. But yeah. Even calling um, Andy Miranda's girl, or you can't do that job. And the beginning yeah. when you first meet him, super so, dick. <laughs> Super, super <laughs> dick. <laughs> so dick. <laughs> but I do think that maybe he got caught up in the moment of like being romantic in Paris by like her twirling around that like light pole and she's saying, oh no, we can't do this. And like, but still no excuses. That's awful. I, I also think that the movie didn't age well, um, but that's okay. In that like, aspect I mean, or in general? Um, well, <laughs> I guess in general. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. But really in that aspect, for sure. Yeah. I don't even, I, well, I was going to say it's very clear that she wants it, but honestly, like, when she wakes up and she's, like, clearly very hungover and, like, she's not like, where am I? But, like, I, I still get this vibe of, like, she maybe didn't want to do that. And he never, like, stood, like, took a step back and was like, okay, but seriously, though, let's make sure we both want to do this. Well, I'm going to bring up a point and I'm about to get real, real here. So mm -hmm. we should have like a real like drop real. <laughs> um, real. <laughs> um, I think that picking up girls while they've been drinking is super like shady in general. Yeah. Like just don't just don't pick up girls at bars. Like it's it's stupid. Just don't do it. I mean, like obviously going out to bars and then going home with people and having naked shenanigans is like something a lot of young people do. I'm not necessarily judging it, but it's like, if somebody says no three times, you don't just go like, she means yes, though. Even if it seems like she does actually mean yes, which is probably what happened here with Andy. Like, make sure she actually, hey, gentlemen out there who are listening to this, make sure she actually is saying yes. That's yes. all I'm really saying. Agreed. Make sure she's not going to wake up in the morning and regret it. Right. I think the worst part is that she's like, I've been drinking, and in which case, like, that is, like, a... A sign that you need to like double check. Whatever. Yeah, it's not really getting consent. Like, yeah. her drunk mind isn't giving you like it's giving you consent, but really, do you want that consent? Like, that's not that's not right. Yeah, I mean, like lots of people fuck after they've been drinking, but like there's a certain point where it's like, okay, this person isn't really like cognizant of what they're agreeing to, and I'm not saying she was at that point, but like just right, just confirm, just confirm for sure. Agree. You know? Yeah. So expelled yeah. or worse, <laughs> expelled. <laughs> start expelling people. That would be great. <laughs> oh my God, we should. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm going to expel all of my, uh, my sorting. <laughs> it's easier that way. <laughs> okay. I'm up next and I have Doug, one of her friends, one of Andy's friends, and he's going to be a Ravenclaw. He works as a corporate analyst, but he is a not-so-secret fashion genius. He knows Python is hot right now. He knows all about the fashion icons that Andy gets to see in Paris, and he seemed pretty jealous about it. His brain is full of random fashion knowledge, and he embraces it like the fashionista he is. I'm mainly drawing this conclusion for one of my favorite fashionistas, the Ravenclaws, Miss Luna Lovegood. <laughs> it totally fits if you ask me. <laughs> Yes, I love Ravenclaw for him. I love that he's so hip on the lingo and knows all about uh, Andy's job. And he also knows that a million girls would kill for that job. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Everybody knows that. Everyone appears to know that. That's like well, a well-known fact in this universe. She <laughs> did not know that. Yeah, except for Andy. I, when I started my new job, people told me like a couple of people would kill for this job. Oh, wow. Just and a couple? Like, oh, yeah, just okay. a couple. And I was like, all right, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is good. Yeah, good job, Mish. Way to land that gig. Thank you. <laughs> did you say gig? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I call job gigs all the time. So anyway, I don't know who Doug is, but I agree. <laughs> I didn't rewatch it. He's fun. I really like him. It is fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm up next. I have Lily, and this is uh, Andy and Nate's and Doug's good friend. They're in that little friend circle. Oh, now um, I remember who Doug is. Yes. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yes. So I'm going to put Lily into Hufflepuff um, because even though she does judge Andy harshly for sneaking around with Christian, which I don't, I don't really know if she was sneaking around at the art gallery. However, she still loves all that free stuff, like the Clinique products, that Marc Jacobs bag that she just could not take but took anyways. And in that case, I think she's very practical, mooching off Andy for all of her Vogue products for Hufflepuff. Mm. Vogue. It's runway. I mean, it's kind of like Vogue, but yeah. Oh, whatever. (laughs) Is it the magazine Vogue? Oh, no, it's runway. Oh, my God. It's based on Vogue. (laughs) That's runway. You know what? We're going with Vogue runway. (laughs) So what did you give her? Slytherin? No, Hufflepuff, because she likes she likes the free stuff. Oh, okay, right. right, right. I don't. Yeah, uh, we work very hard. I don't. <laughs> it's a weird thing in your mind where it's like Hufflepuffs are lazy. Hufflepuffs like free stuff. Like, no, we we like to work for what we get. Well, no, I think that she's. I well, I said that she's very practical and taking this stuff off of Andy. No, I, I agree. I like free yeah, stuff. Yeah. I like cheap stuff. I'm. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to work hard if I don't have to. And plus, like, yeah, Danny loves free stuff. <laughs> I mean, I love free stuff too, but not like Danny. Yeah, I really like free stuff. Danny and free stuff are soulmates. I love it when I go to like a, a co-assignment store and they're basically make, like paying me to buy this stuff. It's so cheap. I love it. I've never even been to a consignment store. Well, they don't actually like pay that. you. I mean, you're like paying like four bucks for a purse. It's the best. I didn't even know consignment stores existed. And I was like, what the hell is a consignment store? And then I figured it out. That was a year ago. Fancy way to say thrift store. Yeah. Yeah. But the one that I go to is high end stuff. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's that's why they call it a consignment store instead of a thrift store. Because it's more high end. But But I I buy my clothes at Goodwill. Yeah, I like Goodwill too. I'm not gonna, I'm not shitting on Goodwill, except that they might not be the best company, but you know. I'll go to I'll go to any thrift store really. And it's good for the environment. Yes. So there How? um textile garbage is like really bad for the environment. Oh, I see. Yeah, I see. Never mind. So if you reuse somebody else's used stuff, then uh, yeah, you're I the environment. Yes. And you're saving a bunch of money. By switching to Geico. <laughs> the sweater that you buy at Goodwill um was chosen for you by the people in this room. <laughs> <laughs> That color blue. It's chosen for you by the people in this room. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, okay. I see your point. I agree. Um, Being practical and thrifty definitely seems Hufflepuffish. So I will, uh, I will agree with you on that one. Woo. Hufflepuff. (laughs) I am up next and I am sorting Nate. And uh, I uh, fucking hate Nate. So... (laughs) Me too. Thank you. I love that it rhymes. 
I'm just going to start off by saying I'm putting him in Gryffindor for being like a hard-headed little dickhead. Hard dickhead? Hard dickhead. Um, he's, just like, he's out there on the street when he breaks up with Andy and is like, the person who's calling you tank, that's the relationship you're in. Grow up, dude. Like, for real? Come on. Support your woman. Okay? Yeah, she's not perfect. No one's fucking perfect, dude. Yeah, it's a tough time in her life. Y'all are young and you're trying to start your careers and figure yourselves out. And you're going to change a little bit. Cut her some fucking slack. I mean, like, honestly, if she didn't feel attacked every day from you and your shitty friends, maybe she wouldn't feel like she needs to fall into work all the time and be there a lot where people actually, you know, after she figures it out, start appreciating her and how much um how good she is and how hard she works you know she's getting more love from those asshats at rogue runway uh that <laughs> she doesn't even want to hang out with the people she's closest to okay careers are hard they take time to build and sometimes you gotta sacrifice some shit and yeah work isn't everything that's totally true and i understand it can be frustrating when somebody is working a little bit more than you want but at the same time a lot of people find fulfillment in their careers. They like their jobs. They like doing a good job. They have ambition. I'm sorry you don't, you hard dickhead. But <laughs> you're fucking tool. All right, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I want to elaborate on this. Good. Uh so the scene where he's like so upset that she missed his birthday is like the most pathetic thing in the world. Like, how old are you turning? Like, I don't understand. Five. I don't, turning five, I don't think that birthdays matter after you turn like what, like 16? Like, do birthdays even matter anymore? I mean, I guess 21, you can make an argument for 21. Okay. Yeah. Yes, 21. But like, can't, can't you just celebrate the next day? Like, I don't, nobody celebrates anything on their actual birthdays anymore. <laughs> just, yeah. Like, no, she has a work event. Just let her go to the work event. Let her further her career. Yeah. She obviously has an end goal. It's not like she's going to be in this job forever. Let her be. I feel very fulfilled with my job. I love my job. Yeah. I really like doing well in my job and I will do whatever it takes to do well in my job. And that's all she's doing. And you're totally right that there's like a plan, right? The whole thing is like if she just works there one year, they say to her, you can get a job anywhere in the magazine industry, right? Right. So there's a plan. I got to do this for a year, just a year, and then I can go move on to something else. So just, can you just like help me out, cut me some slack for a year? And you can't cut her some slack for like five fucking days. I know. And then, oh my God, the whole birthday thing really drives me crazy. <laughs> it does. God. That All part right, at the, at the, um, at the restaurant when she gets the phone call and they all start playing pickle in the middle with her. I just, that just pisses oh, me off. Like come on. Me every time I get so pissed. Like, like you know, I don't that's even... an important call. It'd just give her the freaking phone. But if they like took my phone when my boss was calling was like saying, Oh, I'm going to answer it. I would kill. Some, I would kill them. I'd be like, Oh I'm my pissed. God, do not, do not mess with my freaking phone. Like, I think you're supposed to watch the movie and be like, yeah, she's, She's too obsessed with work. These guys are right. She needs to like chill out. But every time I watch it, I'm like, these kids need to grow the fuck up. <laughs> agree. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Maybe we're too career obsessed, guys. It's possible. No, I mean, I, I just think <laughs> that, like, honestly, like, it's, it, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't want to play necessarily the sexism card because I'm not necessarily making that argument. But I do think that you make, if you made the same movie about a man, who was really focused on his career and his girlfriend got pissy with him, the audience would be like, man, what a fucking bitch. 
Uh, she doesn't oh, support yeah. her man. You know what I mean? But it's like it's a different uh, perspective when you when it's the woman. It's like she should really be more um, of a caregiver to the people in her life. Like, no, fuck off. She's trying to make some money. She's trying to make bank. She's trying to hit her career goals. Like, give her yeah. give her a fucking break. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. One, I, one million percent. I agree with that. And the same goes for a man, obviously. Like, if, right. it, if the roles were, were reversed, I would expect her to support Nate. But Nate's, you know, all he's doing is making fucking uh, whatever, he like, wine reductions all day or whatever he said. He's no, not- but that's such a good point, Michelle, because at the end of the movie, he says, oh, I got this sous chef job in Boston. And she does not for one second say anything bad about it. She says, congratulations, I'm so proud of you. I don't know what I'm going to do without you here in New York. Right. Right. And so she supports him 100%. That's what right. annoys me even more about this movie. And then he just assumes she'll move to Boston with him. Right. Okay, dude. Okay. <laughs> All right, Nate. Uh, hard dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> we hate Nate. We don't like Nate. We don't hate Nate. Nate. We hate Nate. We hate Nate. Okay. It's really good. Okay. Let's move on to Nigel. I hope our listeners agree with us because then um, we might be offending people, but whatever. We might be changing their minds. True. Oh, yeah. That's what we're here for to change people's minds. (laughs) To change hearts, to change the world. Well, that's why we're sloppily sorting, you know, to change everybody's mind on what they think about these characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Turn it around. How the turntables. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, I'm going to go on to Nigel, who is the best character in the movie, if you ask me. Obviously. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's snarky, shallow, and sarcastic. So he's going to Hufflepuff. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Not because of those three things, but because he takes great pride in his job and hard work. He has been working for Miranda for like 18 years, and he's built a great working relationship until, you know, she stabs him right in the heart. I hope his loyalty cracked after that, but he is very loyal. Anyway, he had a lot of patience with Andy and her whining, took her under his wing, taught her about cellulite and corn chowder, gave her a makeover, and succeeded at creating a fashion monster. So he's really, really good at his job. He's just overall a diligent dude and belongs in Hufflepuff with us. Yeah. Of course he belongs in Hufflepuff with us. I I will give that to you. For sure. (laughs) I mean, we've already established Hufflepuffs are all funny, and he's the funniest person in the whole movie. No, for sure. Yeah. I love that part about the corn chowder, though. I'm like, well, everybody has cellulite for one thing. (laughs) And, but cellulite being in corn chowder, okay. That's just funny. It's just funny. As as a person who hates corn, every time I see that scene uh, and he's like, why are you eating this? I'm like, yeah, why the fuck are you eating that? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's disgusting. That's so gross. I love when she when he first sees Andy and he like holds up the thing and goes suddenly like who is this? Oh yeah, it's like are we doing a before and after thing? That yeah, I yeah. Emily's like that. I can't even talk about it right now. <laughs> I can't even talk about it. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he like recognizes that Andy has potential and kind of takes her a little reluctantly, I guess, and she kind of forces her way in, but still takes her under his wing, helps her out. I mean, he's just a good guy deep down. Yeah, he really does have, like, some of the best lines in the movie. I love when he, uh, they're having a busy day at the photo shoot, and he uh, tells Andy, like, oh, don't don't make me feed you to the models. That was such <laughs> a funny quote. Um, I, he is one of my favorite. He, he is actually my favorite. Well, Emily is a favorite character, but 
he's really great in this movie. Agreed. He's fun. So yeah, Hufflepuff, he's obviously a good worker because he uh, tells Andy, uh, let me know when your life is about to blow up in flames or something. That means you're about to get a promotion. So he's all about working. So definitely yeah. Hufflepuff. Yeah, totally. And, and I mean, I do think that like, at least from what we see, he's the only person that works for Miranda that's like competent 100% of the time. Yeah. You never really see him fuck up. Like, you know, like you have little Miss Redhead who's like, she doesn't have the belts ready and Miranda's annoyed with her. But I don't think you really ever see her annoyed with Nigel. He's just like fucking killing it every day. Why yeah. is no one ready? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to. <laughs> uh, you should have said that before we started. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of it until right now. <laughs> You said it so well, too. <laughs> Just, I think a little more exasperation, like, why is no one ready? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Let's get to Emily so we can get to Miranda quicker. <laughs> All right. So I'm up next. I'm sorting Emily, and I can tell you what house Emily is not in, which I guess I should have sorted in because we're supposed to be sloppy. However... She is not in Hufflepuff because she, in fact, does not eat. <laughs> <laughs> the way this girl loses weight is she doesn't eat anything. And then when she feels dizzy, she eats a piece of cheese. Therefore, I think she is a Gryffindor for being so bold and risky. I really think she doesn't have any filter at all. Like when she asks Andy if she has some hideous skirt convention to go to. <laughs> when she says human... <laughs> It is a really ugly skirt. Like I don't even care about fashion. I don't really care about clothes. I wear the same like old navy shirt in five different colors, uh, like every day of the week. And I was like, God, that skirt is so fucking hideous. It's so ugly. Yeah, it's really bad. And then when she says human resources must have been joking when when Andy comes for an interview. <laughs> She's never afraid to take a risk, whether it be with her comments, her style, her eating habits, or running out in the middle of a road and getting hit by a car. And I just want to point out one thing that bloody Emily bloody well deserved to go to Paris. So <laughs> Hufflepuff. Yeah, that part sucked. Felt bad for her. But I mean, then she got hit by a car. So is she going to go to Paris anyway? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, it was rough times for Emily. Emily just... Uh would only eat a cube of cheese when she felt like she was going to faint. I don't think she was really in a fit state to go on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I do love in the hospital where she just like scarfs down that pudding though. That yeah. literally makes me gag every time I watch this movie. I cannot watch her eat that pudding and then put the bread in her mouth and then I don't know what else she puts in her mouth. <laughs> and then she talks to Andy with a full mouth and it just literally makes me gag every time. Every time. See, yeah. I see she's like a Hufflepuff at heart because of all that food. <laughs> but she really, she really values that weight loss. <laughs> so she does. That's definitely her number one. <laughs> she's a great character, though. I just want to point out I love her. She's so funny. When she says, no, shant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's she like? No, shant. <laughs> I also do want to point out that she says bloody hell at some at one point. I really like that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The way well, she just doesn't you've got to calm down, bloody hell. Like I don't I don't say this to anybody who's not me very often, but you've got to calm down. <laughs> bloody hell. 
<laughs> I love Emily Blunt. Yeah. I think this was the first movie I saw her in, and she just like she's the best. So this definitely was the first movie I saw her in for sure. So this movie came out in 2006. Crazy. Mm -hmm. It did. Yeah. I don't think it ages that poorly, but it doesn't age. So no, I don't think so either. It's I think it's pretty. It was pretty okay. I think it actually reminds I mean, me I of love the Gossip movie. Girl. I love the movie. It's really good. I I mean I think that just that that one um, with Christian. Was, yeah, Dick Hard or Hard Dick. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Christian Dick Hard. <laughs> That's the only name. Hard Dickhead. It was actually Nate who we called a Hard Dickhead, but either way. Nah, it was Christian. No, it was Nate. I think we called Christian a dick, and <laughs> Nate was a Hard Dickhead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it was similar for both. It was similar. It was similar. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I think Christian was a super duper dick. Okay. okay. Anyway, let's go on to Miranda. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm up next, and I am sorting Miranda. And here's the deal: we're gonna ignore that Miranda is a problematic person. It's kind of an asshole because she's just so iconic. And so, before I sort her, here are just some things that she said <laughs> that I just think we're all gonna enjoy listening to. Okay. Is there some reason that my coffee isn't here? Has she died or something? <laughs> <laughs> Please bore someone else with your questions. <laughs> I feel like saying that all the time at work. All the time. Like, I get so many questions, and I honestly just want to, like, chat back. Please bore someone else with your questions. That would be iconic. That would be great. By all means, move at a glacial pace. You know how that thrills me. <laughs> just amazing. I wish I could say that to people at work as well. <laughs> Florals for spring? Groundbreaking. <laughs> I just really want to be her a little bit, even though I know she's such a dick. So, to her sorting, the details of your incompetence do not interest her. She has no curiosity, so she can't be a Ravenclaw. <laughs> she wastes that delicious steak. I mean, it looks, it's sizzling, it looks delicious, and Dandy's putting little chives on it or whatever. It looks great. And she just was like, oh, I'm going to go eat lunch somewhere. Wasting food? She could never be a Hufflepuff. <laughs> She's had that same job for like 54 years or something, so no ambition to move up. Couldn't be in Slytherin. But she did the courageous thing, and she took a chance on the smart fat girl. <laughs> <laughs> and it was reckless, but it paid off? Question mark. <laughs> Better be Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark? That's all. That's all. <laughs> that was a courageous leap, I think, for her. Yeah, that was amazing. I really don't know what else to say about Miranda. I mean, I was thinking Hufflepuff because all she does is work, 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 no matter what. But... <laughs> That's true, but I mean, uh, you know, wasting that mistake uh, outweighs it. Yeah, that and was I mean, really sad. I, I kind of wanted to cry because you know that did no. look real good. She breaks the plate and everything. She said, I mean, I know she, I know Miranda does it when Andy throws it in. It's just so sad. So I will address that obviously neither the character of Andy nor um, Anne Hathaway is fat or even close to fat. Yeah, and that's absurd. Yeah, and I can for say sure. that as a fat person, <laughs> it's absurd. So. That I mean, but still, I it, she did take a chance on the smart, not normally the type of person she would hire for this job. 
Right. So yeah. I do, so I do think you could say that, like that it, maybe it wasn't necessarily like the bravest thing ever, but there was some courage there to go against the norm, to go against what's comfortable. And, uh, but I did just want to address the fact that obviously I don't think Anne Hathaway is fat and obviously there's nothing wrong with, uh, hiring fat women. I, I hope because, you know, people have hired me and I do a good job. So, um, just wanted to address that real quick. But aside from some of those problematic things that Miranda says, uh, iconic. Yes. And Meryl yeah. Streep, she's a national treasure. She's an actual national treasure. Yeah, 100%. She's she got um, nominated for a uh, best leading role. For, for this? this? Yeah. For, for that, the Oscars? Yeah. Awards? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It's like a comedy. That's wild. It's because it was Meryl Streep. That's why. <laughs> well, she did such a good job, though. Like, I think we just need to take a moment and talk about Meryl Streep in this role. Uh, she did amazing. She actually would not leave her, like, role and, like, tendencies during, um, like, downtime. Like, so Anne Hathaway has said that she uh, couldn't even talk to Meryl Streep. Without being like intimidated by her. That's oh, is funny. she a method actor? I don't you know think she normally is, but it sounds like she was for this movie. Maybe yeah. it's hard to get into that that headspace. Yeah. Well, I I feel like it would be just because this her role was very like strict, very much like I she didn't want to get an, an emotional attachment to Anne Hathaway because she wasn't supposed to be like that in the movie. So oh, that makes sense. Yeah, she was nominated for an Academy Award for this. Did she win? No, I don't. No, think so. she didn't. No. It was um, who won that year? I can't remember who won, but she was nominated. Google. Uh, we talking about best Ellen actress in the Queen, oh, best actress in a leading role. That was well deserved. Well, who? Wait, who won? Helen Mirren for the Queen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I've not seen. That. I'm sure it was well deserved. It was a good movie. I liked it. We're gonna sort that next. <laughs> let me rent it from the library going back to the sorting for miranda how you do kind of see a soft side of her when she realizes she's getting another divorce mm. yeah oh yeah. yeah i like that they included that in the movie that she isn't just some like like boss without feelings like she does have feelings and yeah, she does go it. through it like everyone else i like that she was mostly sad for her children yeah. I'm sure that she's a pretty good mom, I guess. Oh, Danny, you can relate. Deep down. <laughs> Deep down, she's a great mom. She's a fun mom. And she gets some Harry Potter, so. Okay, last but not least, I have Andy, and she's a Gryffindor through and through, mainly because of two very early reckless choices. One, eating an onion bagel right before an interview. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Two, not doing any any research prior to her interview. She just, I know. <laughs> like she just goes do. in, yeah. smelling like onions, and has no clue what the magazine is or who the editor in chief is. Frankly, she was ill prepared, and I didn't really think she deserved the job. But hey, she showed some moxie, and she got the job. And then she just dives headfirst right into the fashion industry and becomes very passionate about belts and shoes and skirts. And the passion drives her to become a badass assistant and a huge disappointment to Miranda Priestley. So she's a total Gryffindor. She's a huge disappointment, but you'd be an idiot if you didn't hire her. Right, right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that she 
he just continues to call her a huge disappointment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's messed up. It really is. The only thing I have to say about Andy is, to, you know, who is this sad little person? <laughs> um, no, but I mean, like, I totally agree. Like, the, the fact that she doesn't know, re- she comes in and she's like, I won an award. And I wrote, I was the editor of a newspaper or whatever the fuck she's telling them. And it's like, okay, well, as a journalist, and I have a degree in journalism, so I can speak with a tiny fraction of authority on this. Um, the fact that you would go into an interview and and not have researched the um, role or the magazine or the person running it at all is bonkers. It's just insane. Like, that's the like journalism one-on-one is research. So I don't know what she's fucking thinking. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, you don't even know who the editor in chief of Runway is, right? Of crazy Vogue Runway, Vogue Runway. <laughs> it's not even like she didn't prepare; she just like didn't care. She acted like she didn't care too, which was really sad. Right? It's like it, even if it's not a job you want, if you're bothering to go to the interview, you have to at least pretend you want it. Yeah. Yeah. So she made a mistake during her interview process, but she ended up doing a very good job for Miranda. So she, That's true. she, she worked hard. She made up for it. She did make up for it. She did work hard. Yeah. And she really likes shoes now. <laughs> yeah. Those Chanel boots. And you know, know what Emily says? You're going to have to fill some big shoes. <laughs> like literally they're like size 12s. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but I think I do think I do take a little bit of issue with the idea that like, and again, that skirt was hideous, but she didn't necessarily have to change herself to uh, succeed. So if she genuinely like became more interested in fashion and everything, that's that's great. And people change and people get new interests and everything. But I hope she didn't feel like she had to do those things. Like she obviously felt like she had to do those things to get ahead at her current job. But I hope she didn't feel like, I hope she didn't internalize the idea. I'm mm-hmm. t- speaking about mm-hmm. her as if she's a real person. But I mean, like this movie is actually based on somebody writing a real memoir. So I have I hope that person didn't feel like she had to internalize the message of like, well, if you're not wearing heels and not caring as much this much about your appearance, like no one's going to take you seriously and you're not going to do as well in, the in-, in any journalism like uh area right the industry at all because it's not i can totally understand needing to be into that to work for vogue runway but i don't <laughs> really think that you need to be to like work for the new york times right no she, i think she was just doing what it took to what like you said get ahead in her career and do well she, when she leaves she takes some of it with her she she obviously does dress nicer she does her hair ni- a little bit like better than the way she like wouldn't really. Well, maybe she just feels more confident doing, which that. is totally fair. Totally fine with that. Don't have any issue with that. Just hope she didn't feel like, well, I gotta. I hope she didn't come out of that being like, well, I have to always be worrying about how I look, or else I'm not going to get ahead. Because like, obviously, you have to look professional and presentable, but you don't have to look like a fucking runway model to be a good journalist. You just That's don't. Right. right. I think I'm hoping that maybe it's that she feels more confident looking like that. Because I know me, at least I feel like I'm ready to like take on the day. If I like look, if I look good, then I feel good. You know what I mean? So yeah, I need to be comfortable or I can't get anything done. So I'm in my best sweatpants, my best hoodie, no bra, 
hair not yeah. washed. <laughs> <laughs> that work That's from home life. Day to day. <laughs> yeah, I'm much, yeah, I feel the same way. I'm much more able to focus and do my best work if I feel comfortable. No, I'm not oh, going around wearing like ratty fucking sweatpants, but like, you know, I'm I'm also not like too concerned with what I'm wearing or how I'm looking necessarily. I so I'm a little different. If I have like a big day or I have a big meeting or I know I'm meeting with like maybe council members, I definitely like do makeup and I do I wear like a nice outfit, I have my hair done and like actually put effort into myself. But if it's just like a normal day in the office and it's whatever, then I just like I don't do anything special but i definitely am the person that if i have a busy day i like to if i feel good then if i look good then i feel good that's that's my mentality I like take and the time in the morning to get ready and then i will have more time in the office and i don't know i think it's just a mental thing maybe yeah i mean both of these viewpoints and, and methods are 100 valid it's about what makes you feel more confident or comfortable or able to focus or whatever it's what it's about what's good for you and I, so i'm just saying like i hope she didn't like leave that thinking like well this is what i gotta do that's you know and again right I'm talking about a fictional character so i probably shouldn't be so um hung up on it <laughs> <laughs> well no i feel like it applies to everyday life with some people for sure yeah i hope she didn't feel maybe that somebody who listens to our podcast you never know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're out here changing minds, changing hearts, <laughs> changing the world. That's what we do. We change the world. Okay. For this segment, I'm going to ma uh, mash up the two worlds, but not really because I suck and didn't really prepare. Magical. Mash so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about that scene where Andy has to get that unpublished Harry Potter manuscript for Miranda's twins. So, guys, let's talk about it. What book do you think it was? I thought it was the seventh. Did they say it was the seventh in the movie? I don't know. So I actually kind of looked it up. Oh. Um, so the, okay. <laughs> the movie... Go ahead. The movie was in 2006. Yeah. So it, it depends on when Half-Blood Prince was published in 2006. So it was either Half-Blood Prince or it was Deathly Hollows. Well, then it was probably Half-Blood Prince then because there's no way that she would have had the had Deathly Hollows done. And um, well, Deathly Hollows, well, no, Deathly Hollows came out in 2007. Oh, wait, is okay. that right? Is that right? That seems so right. close together that she went or maybe she already had them done. She already probably had them done. But um, what like a crazy thing for Miranda even ask for that's insane yeah, and i don't think that she actually would have been able to get it and i don't think world. miranda expected her to get it i think she that was the reason why she was going to fire andy yeah. right oh yeah but there's definitely no expectation that she was actually going to succeed with that but it's super crazy that andy actually did get it and i'm just wondering how it wasn't leaked whichever book it was and why we don't have we didn't get it early right I mean, because this yeah. is all this is all nonfiction. <laughs> 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 no, it was actually book seven. So when Andy redid the binding, if you look on the train, if you zoom in on the picture, it's book seven. Oh, nice. Wait, how did you find that? Google.com? I looked up Twins Devil Wears Prada book train ride in one of the images. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm really good at searching for things. Those stupid little twins knew what was going to happen before we did. 
Those bitches. <laughs> it was all part of that elaborate scheme that they had. Probably. Definitely. I mean, yeah, this can... was wild that she was like, it's just the most unrealistic thing in the movie, honestly. There's no fucking way she would be able to do that. No. Yeah. She, uh, but she did succeed because she knows Christian and oh my God, Christian can do anything. I do love when she like brings it in and she puts one down and she's like, oh, only one copy. And she's like, no, I got, I have two copies. Thank you very much. And so that was really good. You know, it's like, oh no, what's she going to do? And then it was fine. Everything was fine. In our next segment, we are going to talk about a ship in the wizardly world in the Harry Potter universe. And it's called Ship Ship Hooray. Ship. Hooray! Ship. So, in honor of Nate and Andy, uh, Nate who we hate and Andy who we're lukewarm on, I want to talk about a couple who gets in some fights, uh, a couple who doesn't always see eye to eye, a couple that has some jealousy, you know, between each other, some misunderstandings, but ultimately, in the end, they are there for each other at the very end. Um, That's right, I'm talking about Harry and Ron. <laughs> I thought for a second you were going to say Voldemort. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's a good one." <laughs> How are we going to do that? Harry and Ron. What's their uh, What's their relationship name? Aaron. Uh, I think people refer to it as Rary. Ronnie. Oh yeah, they do. Rary. Rary. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I think that uh, a lot of real-world relationships that work out start as friends, you know, and then move on to something more. This is something you could say about uh, Harry and Ron. could be good for them. Yeah, yeah. definitely. A lot, of, a lot of relationships start that way. Um, and Harry knows, Harry really likes um, Ron's family, and Ron's family really likes Harry. He's already got the in, for sure. I like it. Yeah, he's already practically a Weasley, so <laughs> Harry. And I think Ron makes Harry laugh, you know? So that's really important in a, in a relationship. In a yeah, they get, into, they get into their conflicts, too, which happens in a relationship. You know, they, they really have some big blowout fights, which is common for a relationship every now and then. They, I mean, they almost are like breakups. It's almost like they're already in a relationship. Then they get these fights, they, like, break up. Yeah. Especially yeah. in goblet, yeah, goblet's yeah. the worst. Um, well, it really expects a lot of conversation. Let's take it to the zodiac, guys. A Pisces and a Leo. Let's yeah, see let's their compatibility. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's take it to the zodiac. It is Wait, incredible how two signs that represent love can be so wrong for each other. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Leo will seem like a brute caring selfishly about their own needs and they don't care about the Pisces. Uh, and yeah, uh, Pisces don't give a shit about Leo's. I don't know. This is, I, I, it's done. They can't be together. Sorry, Mish. Fine. Apparently they I mean, mistrust each other a lot. So that's not good. They could give it a try. Yeah, they could try it. I mean, not everything is based on the Zodiac. It's just kind of like, you know, it's a little bit important. And But I do base my entire life on the Zodiac, so. They literally have a 1% sexual match. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, what is uh, Leo, and, uh, Leo and Libra? Is that it? No, Pisces. Oh, okay. 
Note they to They have 15% emotions. No wonder why they fight so much. 10% shared activities. That one's not right. They like to get into shenanigans together. So, so see, they're not all correct, but sorry. Sorry, Rary fans. They aren't going to be together. And if they are, it's not going to be for long that we'll end in divorce. <laughs> My God. Wow. All right. All right. Well, the stars have spoken. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they could be cute together, but too bad. It's too bad. Oh, well. Okay. Does Let's this move on. <laughs> it's time to spill that veritaserum. The time has come for answers. Have you brought the veritaserum? This question is from at cocktails underscore and underscore cravings. One of our friendly fans who sent in a question. They asked, how did you come up with the sloppy sorting hat idea? Oh, they, okay. this is a fun one. <laughs> first of all, love this listener. Big shout outs. Yeah, big shout one out. of our biggest, if not our biggest fan. Yes, <laughs> love this fan. Um, always giving us some uh, content for the episodes. So very. They, they, they requested Zoolander. They requested ten things. I ten things they hate about you. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with the uh, how did we get the idea for the podcast? Because okay. uh, the idea from me was to start a podcast. Yes. And, and then we branched off from there. Yeah. <laughs> the first idea was from Amanda. She is the generator who said, guys, we should do a podcast. I want to spend more time with you. Um, I was listening to a lot of Swish and Flick, which is a it's a podcast where they uh, read the chapters and they kind of discuss the chapters in detail. Um, and then I was like, oh, my God, I should do this with my sisters. We wanted to come up with a different idea. And um, so I kind of just like left it with them. And so I was the one who thought about the podcast and then they can take it away with the other stuff. Well, it's really Danny who takes it from here. Yeah. So um, I listened to a podcast as well that sorted some characters. And I was like, well, this is really cool. It seems like something that we could get into. Um, so I was on a plane, like traveling for work one day. And I was like, oh, what if we do a sloppy Pre version? Pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID, pre-COVID, because it took me a couple months after Amanda was badgering us about this um, to <laughs> think, of, think of an idea. And I'm like, well, and then I started writing it down. I was like, well, we could be sloppy. We could sort them in the wrong houses, change perspectives, change minds, change the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I told you guys this, and you're on board. And then I started thinking of games. Um Mm -hmm. And we started making a list of things to sort. And I I, I don't know what else, uh, what else. How else did we come up with that? Um, yeah, that was, I mean, I think that was pretty much it. You like, you kind of were like, what about this? And, and um, man and I were like, yep, sounds good. <laughs> and um, my one contribution really was I figured out how to actually record it and initially was the sole editor, figured out how to edit it, create all the drops and, the structure um, around actually producing it and getting it out and everything. And Danny now helps me with editing because if our loyal listeners know, I took a very long break um, because I kind of got burned out uh, for a while. So, but that that's, I guess my main contribution to starting us up was uh, kind of figuring out how to go about actually recording and editing this thing. Yeah. But yeah. you came you came up with the idea, Dan, and we were just kind of like, "Yep, yeah, sounds good." And then you're like, "Okay, here's the first script." And I, I tell people all the time, like, 
if it weren't for you, this probably never would have happened. Because you're just like, here's the script. Go ahead and read it. And this is the day we're going to record. And we're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if I, if I uh, latch on to an idea, I am very pushy. So, yeah. yeah I, I tell should... people all the time about the one time you, like, emailed us. And you were like, hey, guys, here's, like, an itinerary for, like, a trip to London. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, cool. Are you are you going to are you going to London? Are you planning to go to London? Like, no, just in case any of us ever go to London, it's just like a cool <laughs> itinerary. Uh, and I was like, this is what my sister does for fun. Uh, <laughs> that's just who she is. So. Oh yeah, Danny, I base your uh, trips all the time, like on my own trips. I'm like, okay, so we need to make a Google Doc, and we need to know how much money we're going to spend on each day and <laughs> budget that. But I just want to say that yeah, you um you really have been the creative person on this and it's been it's been really you did a really great great job i've been all for everything all the segments that you've done and we've had a little help from obviously michelle your friend amanda word for doing the uh our logo yep yeah the logo and, uh, yeah and we were supposed to get a beat for the intro from friend of the show jose um but we haven't gotten that yet so <laughs> yeah we have not gotten anti, that anti shout out to him for that <laughs> yeah anti shout out but if we do get a new one, he'll be back on as a guest podcaster. Yeah, he's not allowed back on until he gets us that beat. Until he gets that beat. So, close to your court, friend of the show, Jose. Um, and then I would say, like, one of the other contributions I have is like, I, like Danny, you'll come up with an idea and sometimes I'll name it, right? Where it was like, we're going to do this segment and we're going to like be describing a place in the wizardly world and like we have to, you know, the person has to figure out. And I don't even remember what you originally called it. And I was like, we should call it Dude, Where's My Broom? <laughs> That's I like, think it was where in the world did I land my broom or something. Oh yeah, where yeah. in the world where in the world did I land my broom? Where in the wizardly world am I or something? And I was like, now nah, we're gonna call it dude where's my broom. <laughs> yeah, you also came up with better beer. That was a good one. Better beer, yeah. Yeah. It took us forever to come up with magical mashup. That's why we don't have a name for it for half of the podcast. But yeah. You know, I think I came up with all that Veritaserum, which is originally just like ask us a question. Yeah. I remember the first time that we had magical mashup and it, it came up on my script. Now I, I, I remember I asked you, Danny, I was like, what the hell is magical mashup? <laughs> like, when did we do that? Yeah. And then you guys say, Oh, it's that, that thing that we do where we mash up both words. I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that we put a name to it. Yeah. Finally <laughs> figured one out. <laughs> and like, ultimately, I mean, we each have our part to play and I think that it came together really beautifully and it's just a great experience for us to get together and laugh. And like, I know that there's a few people out there that listen. We appreciate you guys. Um, and hopefully that comes through that we're just kind of enjoying each other's company and having a good time. And that's really, I think the main reason we do it. We're not looking for internet fame necessarily. We're just getting, we're like enjoying spending time with each other. For yeah, sure. It's been really great during the pandemic, especially. Yeah. I'm not sure if I could even uh, handle internet fame. I just honestly do it to hang out with you guys. I looked forward to it all day. I had a busy day and I was like, but today, th this evening, I get to hang out with my sisters and drink some alcohol and talk about Harry Potter and these shows that we love. And um, it's it's so much fun for me. I really do look forward to it. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Yep, that's it. Thanks for the question. Cocktails and cravings. Yeah, we love you. Well, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our Devil Wears Prada episode. Don't forget to like, like us, rate us five stars, subscribe, share, comment, or whatever whatever else you want to do to keep us going. Please follow us on Instagram at sloppy.sorting.hat, Twitter at sloppy sorting, and Facebook. Also check out our TikTok at sloppy sorting hat for some special sloppy stuff. Send us questions and suggestions. Until next time, stay sloppy. All right, oh. everyone.
Gird your loins. <laughs> oh, that's good. Why didn't you just climb in bed with her and ask her for a bedtime story? <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's all. <laughs>